0: Hi everybody, it's Dr. Eric Coram, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. My guest today is executive coach, seasoned entrepreneur, and longtime friend, Andy Elwood. When I started AIM7, Andy was my first call. He's that kind of guy. Something I love about Andy is his unique ability for making people feel special and valued. He knows how to build authentic, not manipulative relationships. So I brought him on today to discuss how he does this. You see, Andy believes that adopting a learning mindset allows you to see the unique talents in everyone you meet. He shares tactics for reframing interactions when things go awry, initiating small acts of kindness and prioritizing meaningful face-to-face conversations over digital interactions. This amazing discussion will enrich your relationships and make you more influential. Before we get started though, take a minute and check out Andy's newsletter, Make Room. I absolutely love his weekly newsletter. I look forward to it every week. It's full of sage wisdom. He covers topics like curiosity, accountability, and community. It really is awesome, so check it out. The link is in the show notes. All right, now to my conversation with Andy. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Andy, you are a gifted communicator. You have the gift of the gab as some people would say, and you have this ability to make people feel special with every encounter. And I think that's a blessing. How do you do this? And how can we learn from you and how can we be more authentic in our relationships and how we treat each other?
1: I think that one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave me was the sense of curiosity. And I remember early on Just before I turned 16, I I told my dad, when I turned 16, I want to buy a car and I I want to learn to work on it with you. And my dad said, I don't know how to work on cars. But if it's important to you to learn how to work on cars, I will introduce you to one of my friends who loves to work on cars. And then I was 16, 17. I was like, hey, dad, I really want to get better at the gym. My dad said, I think that's a great idea. But I don't know how to get better at the gym. But my friend does. And I'd be really happy to introduce you to him and i remember him kind of encapsulating that in a sentence of if i know how to do something i will teach you and if i don't i will help you find somebody who does because i want you to be the best of every single person that you interact with and that was really kind of the quest that kind of launched the spirit of curiosity of saying the person that i'm speaking with right now i wonder what they're the best at and it doesn't really matter who it is. It's the cashier. It's the person you know uh, that you sit next to on the airplane. It's my, one of my coaching clients. It's somebody I'm working out to next to at the gym. I think everybody has the ability to teach us something. And if you take kind of that like lifetime learner perspective and think I'm a student, every single person has something that they could teach me, it gives you a lot of really amazing interactions.
0: So it's really thinking about Every time you engage somebody, having a deliberate thought process of what can I learn, being open to learning, being open to who they are, instead of thinking about what's the next thing I can say, yeah. if I approach every situation with a disposition of curiosity, then I open myself up to more authentic communication.
1: Yeah. And and I think that just understanding the truth that it doesn't matter what we know that we have in common, we got to the thing we have in common differently even if you you and I both went to Texas a and University, but we got there very different ways, right? Our experience at Texas a and was very different, even though we lived in the same house at one point, right? The way we chose to interact with the opportunities in front of us were different. And just because you have something in common with somebody, whether it's the state you live in, who you voted for, what school you went to, the job you have, the beliefs you hold, there's so many other things that are actually different about that. And just the one thing that you guys have in common isn't always enough to fully develop a relationship. It might be how it starts, but it's not definitely not how it finishes. There's so much more mm. complexity to all of us. And you know, if you think about the fact that there's 8 billion people on the planet that all have a different story to tell, it's one of the most entertaining and exciting things you can possibly, possibly hold as a thought.
0: Yeah, I've thought about this recently. Like when you meet somebody, everybody experiences the world from their point of view. Mm. And... They're the center of their own universe. Now, I'm not saying that, that, I'm not talking about being selfish. I'm literally just saying that they're inside their body and everything that happens in the world is impacting them, whether it's through sight or sound or touch, whatever. And we often interact with people from the vantage point that this is my interaction with the world instead of flipping the scenario. And I think that changes things. I think it, it makes you more compassionate. It makes you be more empathetic with maybe why somebody thinks the way that they think and yeah. just to cut people some slack.
1: <laughs> 100%. Well, and, and I think and just that awareness is a great place to start. But then I think the second piece is to try and understand their expectations or their incentives in a given scenario because people do what they're incentivized to do. And if you're in a situation where somebody's not doing what you think it would make sense for them to do, It's possible you don't understand their incentives. You don't understand their expectations. Because they might have thought that they were showing up for something completely different than what you thought you were showing up for. Mm -hmm. And when you start to just take a slight step back, it doesn't even have to be a a verbal or a physical step back, but just a mental step back to say, this isn't going how I thought it was going to go. What do I not understand about the situation? As opposed to why don't they understand about me? And if you can just have the cognitive space to hold for them to say, okay, they're obviously maybe going through something. They were given a different set of instructions, whatever it might be. There's a little bit more patience that you can have. And sometimes that's all it takes is just that slight reframe, a little bit more grace and a little bit more space for them to actually share why they're behaving the way that they are. But you don't have to make a big deal about it. You don't have to be like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. You and I are obviously not connected here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, we, we can do that in much more subtle ways and i think that that's something that to your point i think about that a lot because you know, i live in new york city right in new york city you have to interact with people every single day you don't have a choice and it's not people that you know right it's people that are just right. walking on the street and if they're walking too slow or they're walking too fast or they're walking with a lot of bags or they're not paying attention because they're on their phone those are all interactions that could be stressful but That might just be they got off a 12-hour shift and you don't know. There's so many things that you just don't know about the person that you're about to spend a momentary interaction with, that having that sense of curiosity gives you the ability to show up in in a way that hopefully is beneficial to both people.
0: Real quick, friends, if you can think about how you found this podcast. Somebody probably shared it with you via text or a post on social media. And the only way this grows is through word of mouth. And I don't run paid ads. I don't do sponsorships. My only ask of you is that you pay it forward. So however you found the podcast, please do the same thing. If it was a review, a post, whatever it was, just do the same thing. And I'm confident it will have a positive impact on somebody else's life. How do you train this? I mean, if somebody's like, okay, I want to improve this skill, what's your steps?
1: Yeah. On average, everybody has a certain number of of interactions every single day, right? Whether it's on the screens, whether it's in person, whether it's a a single serving friend that you just happen to bump into at the grocery store, whatever it might be. If you can think about what can I do to make this person's day just a little bit better and make it a different way than you did it the previous time. Can you... Compliment them on something. Can you say yes to something for them? Something as simple as just be like, I see you. just walking past the street like the head nod. It's incredible how much that just opens up the possibility for there to be a better interaction. And they may not take the bait at all. Most of the times they probably won't. But being okay with being the one who initiated the kind gesture or being the one who made sure to say thank you or please or hold a door for somebody... Or make sure that when somebody's serving you at a restaurant or they're getting your coffee for you, literally look them in the eye and say, have a great day. It surprises people. And it it makes me sad that it surprises people, but it really does. And I think that that's something that is the downfall of having these tiny microcomputers in our pockets is like, we know other people, like we know how to interact there. And a lot of times people are not able to interact the way that, that we would hope that they would face to face when we're not on the screen. Social media has actually made us less social.
0: And the solution for that is put your phone down, get a little uncomfortable, start talking yep. to people. There was a paper that just came out by the University of Kansas that showed that just one meaningful conversation per day significantly lower stress and boost your happiness and your mood. And the kicker, digital interactions do not count. Uh, social media can be helpful. Let's be honest. Like I've met yeah, so many 100%. wonderful people on different platforms. But then you have to take it to another level and actually engage with that person. Now, we can't do everything physically. I couldn't fly to New York for this. Maybe one day I could do all my podcast in person. But here we are looking at each other and we're having a genuine conversation. It seems to me that this is something you've trained and honed over the years. When did you realize that this was a, a gift that you had?
1: I started playing this game in my head as early as junior high, I think. My junior high and, and high school years were spent building a lawn mowing business in, in North Dallas. And so I was the 12 year old kid going out with flyers you know, that I, I printed up and went to Kinko's and made copies with my dad. And, you know, reliable lawn care, Plano, Texas, $20, you know, and I would mow your lawn once a week. And a lot of the skills that I developed during that time was actually learning how to talk to adults learning how to ask them for things, learning how to make an ask, which I later learned was called sales. It wasn't at the time, you know, again, my dad was not a salesperson, right? My dad was not an entrepreneur. My parents were not entrepreneurs, but they encouraged me to keep trying. And I kind of was like, okay, oh, hey, this worked and this didn't. There was a lot of A-B testing is what I would now call it. But I was like, well, th- those people didn't respond to that. I'm going to see if I, say, if I say something different. And just being somebody that other people wanted to be around allowed me to probably have more success than, than others. I kind of had the neighborhood on lock. Uh, you know, by the time my senior year of high school rolled around, you know, I, I would, my brothers and his friends worked for me. I was able to get out, get my flyers out before the other kids in the neighborhood. I kind of ran the town, as they <laughs> would say, and, and it was fun. But I think that that was a piece of that puzzle. And then when I got to a and a much larger school than the small home school that I had graduated from, having to figure out on the fly and pretty quickly what were the things that would allow me to not only just fit in, but actually be able to, to add value in situations where and from those early experiments that really kind of opened up doors for me in my sales career and eventually in my startup career.
0: Thanks again for joining me on the Blueprint Podcast. And if you love today's episode with Andy, please leave a comment and review and share the podcast with a friend who you think could benefit. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.